0: Forgotten Classics, where a good story never goes out of style. I'm Julie, and here we have episode 359 of Forgotten Classics, where we will read more of The Wind Boy. First, though, let me tell you about a podcast highlight. This is one that I never miss. As soon as it comes out, I listen. Rachel Watches Star Trek. Rachel's husband, Chris Lackey, who is one of the hosts of the H.P. Lovecraft literary podcast, is a Star Trek fan, and he has been a fan since he was a boy. I think he's a fan of every iteration of it, but I know he loves the original. His wife, Rachel, grew up in a household where it was known we don't do that kind of thing. Now, I don't understand that household. Well, I do. (laughs) We had it for other stuff, like we don't eat ketchup on our french fries, but that's a whole other story, okay? We've all got our quirks as families. Rachel's was, they weren't going to watch Star Trek. She wasn't really interested, but her husband, Chris, talked her into watching, and so they're podcasting episode by episode through each story and with her reactions, One of the things that makes this so great is Rachel is truly hilarious. I mean, they're both funny, but she is really hilarious. And the comments she makes coming from pure eyes, so to speak, are just wonderful. She's also a therapist. And so she will often take the conversation into areas that would never have occurred to me. And as my daughter Rose and I are going through the original, we're quite a ways ahead of them because Rose has never seen it and I'm revisiting it. I am finding the way I look at these episodes to be a bit colored by Rachel's more clinical look. And when I say clinical, I don't mean it in terms of, you know, cold or detached. It's just, she's looking at it from a therapist's point of view. And I was actually making comments on the last episode I watched based on, oh, so interesting to see Captain Kirk expressing this side of himself. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been listening to this podcast too much. But I don't think you can listen to it too much because it is so enjoyable. They don't have tons of episodes out there. They get out an episode every month, maybe a couple times a month in a good month. And it's worth waiting for I would say even if you don't really care about Star Trek, it is worth trying because you will then experience it like Rachel does, because they do talk you through the episodes. Give it a try. Now, back to the wind boy, our own little trek, so to speak, into a different world. So we went shopping for sandals and got what sound like the most amazing sandals in the entire world and found another world that side by side with ours or at least with the one in the wind boy this little shoe store that nobody'd ever seen that's not like any store you've ever seen and that's where the sandals came from and whoops met the wind boy and also found out the origins of the mask so we don't know who the masker is But we know that the wind boy has a big stake in wanting to get this mask and destroy it and also unmask the masker so they know it's not him. And when we left them, everybody was just going home, wind boy and all, which would be interesting. (laughs) I cannot wait to see what they get up to with this wind boy. And I bet you can't either. So let's dive into the next couple chapters of the wind boy chapter 5 the keepsake but no one on the street turned to look at them as they ran that was strange for surely it is not every day in the week one sees a wind boy with fluttering curls and purple wings and bare brown feet racing beside a little human girl on the main street of a village And now I must tell you that why people did not look and stare and point was simply because they did not see the wind boy at all. How was that? Well, have you ever seen a wind boy? Still, sometime one must have passed you or met with you in your walks and play. Why is it that we cannot see the fairies or the clear people or a wind boy? I do not know. But it is true that very few people can. And even those who have the sight for those other people have not always the sight. Sometimes it forsakes them for days together. But Genshin could see the wind boy clear enough, and Nan could, and Kay. For a minute I thought that the new sandals might have had something to do with that. But on second thought, I am sure not. For they would never have got the sandals at all unless they had had the sight. Gentian already knew that there was something strange about her sandals beside their strange beauty. Never had she been able to run half so fast before, and never had her body been so light. She scarcely felt her feet on the pavement at all in her running, and she got the idea that there were wings on her feet that could carry her away into the air if she only knew how to use them. But that may have been only because the wind boy had her by the hand but with Kay, it must surely have been his sandals, for before Genshin and the wind boy had reached the little swinging gate of home, he had overtaken them, and strange to say, Nan in her homemade grass sandals was ahead of them all. They met, laughing at the gate. "'I am going to wash the sitting-room windows and start luncheon now,' Nan said as calmly and sensibly as though she had not just been running faster than the wind and got all the spring sunshine somehow into her eyes and hair. You children had better run away and play. The artist's gardens are a fine place for that, she added, standing on tiptoe on the doorstep to look over the lilac hedge. Oh, Mother doesn't let us go there, Kay cried. She thinks the artist wouldn't like it. There are no no trespassing signs, wondered Nan. "'No, but still nobody does go into those gardens, "'none of the village children. "'But see,' Genshin spoke softly, "'but with great excitement, pointing, "'see the gardens and the house just over the artist's house? "'Why, how, how?' "'Then Kay and Nan saw. "'A little higher than the artist's house "'rose the pillars and arches and vine-wreathed windows "'of a nobler house, and about it, and stretching away at the back of it were gardens and gardens, golden and blue with spring flowers, and long stretches of green grass, and beyond that the forest, and towering above the forest, away, away, the mountains. How can I tell you so that you will see a little of what they saw? It was not the artist's house nor his gardens, nor was it the wood that you could see any day, nor the same purple mountains beyond. The children knew the sight of these all very well. It was a dimmer but clearer scene, raised a little in the blue spring air. It was dimmer because they were looking at it as though through a crystal, but it gave promise of being clearer if one could only get through into the crystal. "'That is my land,' the wind-boy said, while the cloud grew a little darker over his bright brows and darkened his clear eyes. But I cannot be at home there any more until I have found that mask. No one can play with me. I wander alone, and wherever I come, the clear children leave." "'Your land is like this. Only it is as though we were looking at it up through a clear crystal spring,' Genshin wondered. "'As though through the spring we found in the woods last Sunday.' But Nan, who seemed never to be surprised by anything, said, Yes, the clear land does seem very like this land at first glance, Gentian. But then when you know it a little better, you find it is not like this at all, so very, very different. But then comes the strange part, when you know it even better than well. When you are perfectly at home there, then you see again that it is very like this lower land. The children just looked at Nan, puzzled. How could she know about all this, and be so sure, when she had only just come from the mountains? The wind boy looked at her, puzzled, too, but only by her words. Why, you don't believe that no matter how well you come to know the clear land, you'd ever think that the shoe store where I first found you was like the shoe store next to it, would you? Nan nodded. Yes, I do. Gentian clapped her hands. Oh, was the shoe store where we got our sandals in your Clear Land? That land, she pointed. Yes, of course. The wind boy said, surprised. Didn't you know that the shoe man who measured you was one of the Clear people, one of the clearest? But look, Kay cried now, pointing above the roof of their own little brown house. There, deep through the crystal, was another little brown house. Oh, there are two of everything. Stores, houses, gardens, mountains. Look, look. And he pointed down the street to where above other houses and other gardens showed in the crystal higher houses, higher gardens. Over the whole village another village hung, overlapping it in places, sometimes hardly to be kept apart from it. The children gazed and gazed. ''Come!'' cried the wind-boy then. ''Come with me up into it!'' But how were they ever to get into it? There it was, that other village, clear as light to their eyes, but so distant from their understanding that they did not see how they were ever to get into it. For no matter how near another world may be, it is not so simple to step into it as it is to step into another room. The children knew that without being told. Perhaps it was the crystal light about the clear land that they felt they could not get through. But the wind boy laughed at their doubt. He took Genshin's hand, and she took Kay's, and they started running. Nan waved them goodbye and went into her window washing. They ran around behind the little brown house, jumped the low rope fence there, and were away over the fields at the back. As they ran, gentian and Kay felt lighter and lighter, until soon they knew they were running just a little above the ground on a path of blue spring air. Higher and higher, their sandaled feet trod the blue air, until they had broken through the crystal light, and were in the clear land. They stopped by lilac hedge, laughing with delight. "Our great artist lives in there," the Wind Boy said, pointing proudly. Oh, how can he? cried Genshin. Aren't we up in the clear land? Yes, of course. I don't mean your artist down there. I mean our artist up here, not the one who doesn't want children in his gardens. At that minute they heard happy laughter and running feet beyond the lilac hedge. Down the grassy walks of the great artist's garden, boys and girls came running. They were all in fluttering blue and yellow, purple and silver tunics, and most of them in sandals like Kay's and Genshin's. They were the clear children. Seen fleetingly as they ran on and past, they seemed to Kay and Genshin strangely like their own schoolmates. But when some of them came to the hedge and stood looking over with wide, clear eyes, they looked unlike any human children Kay and Genshin had ever seen. "'There was a light across their brows and over their smiles "'that human children never have. "'Oh, have you come to play with us?' asked a little girl in blue, "'and all the clear children looked at Kay and Genshin with curious eyes. "'Did you bring them, Wind Boy? "'And oh, have you found the mask? "'We were watching the great artist painting up in his studio "'and saw you coming from the studio windows. "'We thought you must have found the mask.' "'But the wind boy did not answer.' and Kay and gentchen were too shy. You see, their schoolmates down in the village had laughed at them and teased them and not wanted their friendship. So here, even in this clear land, they were a little doubtful of friendliness. The wind boy was standing, head dropped, digging his bare toes into the turf. "'Say you found the mask and torn it up!' cried a boy about his own height, jumping the hedge and going up to the wind boy. The wind boy shook his head without looking. "'Not yet,' he said. All the clear children fell silent at that, and grew troubled for a minute. Then, as though they had forgotten the wind-boy, they turned back to one another and their play. The boy who had gone up to the wind-boy drew back, too. But before he leapt over into the garden, he smiled at Kay and Genshin. "'Coming?' he asked. "'We're off to play hide-and-seek among the beeches." "'Go on.' whispered the wind-boy, giving Genshin a shove toward the hedge. "'You'll have great fun. I'll stay around and watch.' "'But won't you play, too?' asked Genshin, disappointed. "'No. Can't you see they don't want me?' "'If they don't want you, I don't want them.' But she looked wistfully after the clear children for all that. The little girl in blue, and the boy who had gone up to the wind-boy, had not run on with the other children.' They both stayed, waiting. Do go, the wind boy urged to Genshin and Kay again. Then he added, indifferently and proudly, stretching his arms, I'm too sleepy to play anyway. So Kay and Genshin, with many backward glances toward the wind boy, ran away with the clear children to the beech wood. Never had Kay and Genshin had such fun at hide-and-seek with playmates, even in their mother country, in their old home village. One reason, perhaps, was because they had never been able to climb the air to hiding places in trees. If you yourself have never run up and down blue air with your body as light as a bird's wing, then you cannot know. You can only dream what delight was theirs. At last, at one moment in the game, Genshin ran up the air to the very top of the tallest, biggest beach that she could see anywhere. But she found that a little girl was ahead of her, curled into a nest of forking branches quite hidden by thick leaves. Genshin was about to look around for another lower place to hide, but the little girl whispered her to stay. "'There's room enough,' she said, curling herself into a smaller space against one side of the nest. "'See?' Genshin crept in beside her and nestled down. "'We're like two birds,' she whispered. "'Such fun!' The little girl could not answer at that minute, for they heard the clear child who was it come running through the woods to stop directly under their tree. But she looked at Jenshin, curious, but smiling. Then the boy, hunting below, suddenly ran up the air, for his sandals were the kind that led him, and came very near to the girl's hiding place. The two little girls hardly breathed, but their eyes laughed. After a minute the seeker ran on and away, and then they laughed out loud, but softly. "'How could he help seeing us?' wondered the little girl in blue, for it was she. "'We were so still,' Genshin said, "'and the leaves are so thick. I didn't see you, you know, when I came up.' "'I am going to tell you my name,' the little girl in blue then said softly and a little shyly. "'It is Aesiel.' Will you call me by it, and will you play with us often?" "'Oh, I will,' gentian promised." How different Aziel was from the girls in Gentian's school down in the unfriendly village. "'I am Gentian. My father named me that. I live in the little brown house down in the other village, the one beside the artist's big one. We have only mother now, for father went to the war and we were driven out of our village, and now he cannot find us.' Mother says he is hunting and hunting all over the world, and some day he will come to where we are. If he could only know how Kay and I can climb the air now, he would be so glad. He used to make up stories about just such things for us. He had the bluest eyes. It was a very long time indeed since Gentchen had said so much to any stranger. "'Even when at home she was apt to think most of her thoughts quietly to herself. "'But then she had never been with a little girl just her own age "'who seemed so friendly and understanding. "'What pretty sandals you have,' Azeel said. "'How splendid that you measure for silver ones. "'Yours are pretty, too. They are so shining. "'Yes, they have as much light in them, "'but they haven't all the pictures, and they can't climb the air.' It was true, Azil's sandals were shining and beautifully made, but they were blue, and there were only a few bees and birds pictured in them, and they could not climb the air. I got mine from the shoeman in the little store next to the big store down in our village. If you should go there, he might give you some just like these. Azil laughed merrily. No, he wouldn't, for he couldn't, she cried. Don't you know that he gives you only the sandals that you measure for? Some day, when he tips my face up to the sunlight, I shall measure for silver ones, too. Then he will be as pleased as I shall be. He wants us all to have silver ones, you know. But I'm better off than the poor wind boy. He hasn't any at all. Then she added, if he'd only find the mask and tear it up so that it would never frighten children any more, the shoe man would give the wind boy sandals fast enough, though." "'He always had silver ones like yours, Genshin, before. "'But he climbs the air. "'Oh, that is because he has wings. "'Of course he can fly. "'He was born with wings. "'No matter what he did, he would not lose them.' "'But now that Genshin had been reminded of the wind boy, "'she was not so happy. "'Not quite. "'She remembered his proud but shamed look "'when he said he was sleepy anyway "'and did not want to play with the clear children.' Kay had believed him. Boys are like that. But ought to have known better. She did know better now, remembering his look when he had said it. She knew now that he had not been happy when they had all run off so and left him. Why, he must have felt something the way she and Kay felt when their schoolmates ran away from them and would not play. "'I'm going to stop playing hide-and-seek and go and find him,' she said suddenly. "'It must be horrid not to have anyone to play with. "'Kay and I always had each other anyway, and he hasn't anybody.' "'But how will you be able to play with him in your silver sandals?' "'Aziel asked, wondering. gentian looked at her, not understanding at all. "'Why, how could they keep me from playing with him? "'I'd rather not have them at all if they could.' "'Aziel stayed very quiet, her eyes dropped, thinking.' Then she lifted them and looked at Genshin, who was waiting for her to say good-bye. "'Perhaps you're different. Perhaps you can be like that because you are a human child, and not exactly like us,' she said, but still wonderingly. But before Genshin said good-bye, she reached down into her pocket and took out something. "'I want to give this to you, aziel she said. "'It will be a keepsake, you know,' she offered it shyly. "'Aziel understood about keepsakes. "'The clear children are not so different from human children as all that.' "'She took it eagerly. "'It was Genshin's greatest treasure, "'a piece of quartz with a bit of gold at its heart. "'Aziel was as delighted with it as Genshin had been "'ever since the hour she found it. "'There's a tiny gold bird in it!' she cried, looking closely. "'See its wings spread out?' "'Genshin clapped her hands.' Oh, you see it, too. I saw that the minute I picked it up by the spring. But Kay said it didn't look like a bird at all, and even Mother couldn't see it. You will keep it, she added, shy again, to remember me by. Oh, yes, Aziel promised, her face sparkling, holding it out on her palm in the crystal light. Goodbye, then. I'll come back to play with you sometime soon again. Gentian crept out through the green leaves that closed behind her, hiding aziel. Then she stood up and ran down the air to the fern-grown floor of the wood and sped away to look for the wind-boy. Chapter 6. Noon in the Tulip Garden But the wind-boy was not by the hedge where they had left him. Gentian ran almost the whole length of it, calling, "'Wind-boy, I've come back to play with you!' but no windboy answered. At last she grew a little discouraged, and in her discouragement she sank back out of the clear land. But she sank into the artist's tulip garden, and that is one of the most beautiful places in the world, so she could not mind too much having lost the clear land. The tulip garden was the very furthest garden in the artist's estate. Beyond it, There were nothing but fields and meadows stretching away to the woods. But it was the most beautiful garden of all, and the most famous. People traveled long distances to see it, and forever after talked of it when tulips were mentioned. The garden was all in bloom now. There were banks and banks and fields of tulips, red, yellow, white, purple, and all still and brilliant in the noon sun right in the center several grassy paths met and there was a grassy mound that some day was to have a fountain when the artist could find a statue beautiful enough and fitting to stand in that place but gentian knew nothing of this she wondered why the grassy mound was there and why all the paths led to it as she drew near to the grassy place she saw right in the center of it a patch of purple Just at first she thought it was a plot of purple tulips set off by themselves, but she knew better at once, for it was the wind-boy, lying on his back with his arms over his eyes, his purple wings wide beneath him. There in the hot noon sunshine, among the still bright tulips, he was sound asleep. Genshin crept near on tiptoe. Her approach made not a stir among the flowers, hardly a stir in the air. She went down softly on her knees beside the wind-boy, for she did not mean to wake him. But for all her care he stirred in his sleep. She sat back on her heels and waited. He flung his arms wide, turned on his side, and then lay still again. The warm noon sunshine was now square in his face, but he did not open his eyes. "'I will stay here quietly,' Jenshin thought. "'I will be as quiet as the sunshine and tulips.' And when he wakes, he will be surprised and glad that I came to find him. So she waited, looking at him. His wings were purple, the purple of early morning when it touches the tips of tall trees. Gentian knew that purple, for every morning she watched it spread from tip to tip of the cherry tree boughs outside her window as the sun was coming up. For one instant, all the cherry tree would stand agleam with purple aureoled with gold, Then it was gone, not to come again until tomorrow as the sun rose. That moment of purple in the cherry tree made Genshin happier than all the cherry blossoms. But she never saw it more than in a flash, not all the tree purple together. And now here was the same wonderful thing in her new comrade's wings. And she could gaze and gaze and it never faded. But for all the purple of his wings and the sunlight in his curls, Genshin still saw the cloud across his bright brow and even over his closed eyes with their golden eyelashes shut down on his cheeks. Oh, if only I can help him to find the masker, she thought, and get back the mask. I won't be afraid of it any more anyway. I shall grab at it as Nan did or run after it. I'll be braver than the policeman and cleverer. Oh, I hope it comes tonight, right up to our window again. But at that minute she heard steps. The tulips did not stir, but Genshin felt that they began to wait expectantly, and were looking off over one another's heads to see who was coming. They were not heavy footsteps, but that noon stillness had been so very still that sounds could be heard a long way off. Gentian was troubled, and her heart began to beat very fast indeed, for well she knew that whoever it was would not expect to find a little girl here in the tulip garden, a little village girl who was not allowed here at all. She waited, wide-eyed, troubled. And then the artist himself came up a flight of stone steps and down one of the grassy paths of the tulip garden toward the place where she waited, kneeling. Genshin had never seen the great artist so near before, and in spite of her fast-beating heart she looked at him with interest. He was very tall, and to Genshin's eager eyes, like the great artist that he really was. And Genshin thought strangely, he is something like the wind Boy. Yes, in spite of his being almost an old man with iron-gray hair and many lines about his mouth and eyes, Jenshin could see that he was something like the wind boy; his hair grew all in thick clustering curls. That may have been the reason, but I do not think so. I think that Jenshin saw deeper than that, and it was something winged that she noticed. But whatever it was, it was enough to stop her from being afraid. He's not so different from the clear people, she said to herself as he came nearer and nearer down the narrow grassy path. The artist was surprised enough to find a strange little girl sitting back on her heels in the very center of his precious tulip garden by the fountain that was to be. But he did not glance about, even for an instant, to see whether any tulips were broken or gone or trodden down, for he knew right at once that this special little girl had walked softly and loved the garden. He came quite close to her and stood looking down, not smiling, but kindly, good morning he said I didn't expect to find a little girl here a little stranger girl that I have never seen anywhere in the world before who are you please but now that Jenchen was not afraid of the artist anymore she remembered the wind boy at her knees shh she said her finger to her lips please he is asleep you see the artist was puzzled for he could not see the wind boy at all perhaps you could not have either had you been there "'Who is asleep?' he asked, looking all about. "'Here, the wind boy,' Jenjin whispered. "'I found him sound asleep like this. I've been staying still ever since, thinking about his purple wings. They're like the morning purple, only they stay so. The morning purple goes so quickly you wonder whether it was true. But these you know are true!' The artist still looked down at the little girl, smiling now. He liked her there in her sky-blue frock, with her hair the color of shining copper, her blue gentian eyes looking so friendly up into his. I must paint her some day like that, he thought. No child in the village has such fairy-gold hair. Who can she be? So it's the wind that is asleep? he asked, but softly as she had begged him to. Yes, I knew that the wind went to sleep some minutes ago, just before the bells rang for noon. But did he go to sleep right here in my tulip garden and you can see him no not the wind itself said gentian this is the wind boy it isn't quite the same i think now because there was something winged about the artist he knew that the child might be right and that the fact that he couldn't see had nothing to do with it so he said i will be very soft then and you shall go on watching and thinking about the wind boys purple wings Only do tell me, please, what is your name and where do you live, or are you a little wind girl and live in the blue sky? Genshin laughed at that, merrily, softly, but she became grave at once. "'I am Genshin,' she said, and I live with my mother and my brother and Nan, who has come to work for us in the little brown house right by your hedge. "'Really? Then I know who you are. Refugees?' "'Yes. Foreigners.' The artist looked down sharply at the way Gentian said that. The little girl has been made to feel strange here in our village, he thought, and did not like it. For although the artist was so great and famous, and what is called a citizen of the world, still he had now made this village his home, and loved it. Sometimes he felt like a father to it, indeed, for many of its good things, its library, its beautiful school building, its concerts, he had given it, he did not like to think that these refugees here at his very gate had been treated unkindly. He did not see how anybody could treat this little copper-haired girl unkindly. "'I have a little granddaughter, Rosemarie. Do you ever play with her?' he asked. "'She doesn't call you foreigner, does she?' gentian shook her head. "'No, we can't play with her ever, so she doesn't call us anything. Her governess doesn't let her play with village children.' This morning, in the shoe store, she pinched her arm, not to hurt, but to remind her. The artist looked very grave. He stood for a whole minute in silence. "'So she isn't let to play with you,' he said at last. "'I must ask Miss Prine why. I'm not at home all the time, you see, gentian, and I am afraid I don't know very much what Rosemarie is or isn't allowed to do. Tell me, whom does she play with?' "'No one!' She's always alone. We watch her sometimes over the hedge. Her governess or the nurse is almost always near. But Rosemary smiles at us and almost speaks. We like her. I am glad you like her. But when you come into the gardens, as now, doesn't she play with you then? Oh, we never play here. Mother wouldn't let us. We play in our own gardens or in the fields behind our house. But you are here now. How is this? Genshin dropped her head yes, but I came down out of the clear land out of the air You know I couldn't tell I was landing here Then I saw the wind boy asleep and forgot. I mustn't stay I'm glad you did forget Genshin, but now you have given yourself away Didn't I say you were a wind girl. I knew you came out of the blue Genshin laughed her merry laugh. No, I'm a human truly she said, but how can I explain to you "'Don't try. Perhaps I can understand without understanding. "'I am going away now softly, so as not to wake your wind-boy. "'And I must find out why you are not Rosemary's playmate. "'But I can't do that to-day, for I am going away on the train, "'if you have not made me lose it. "'I came for a parting look at my tulip-garden, "'and to think about the fountain that is to be. "'But good-bye, and when I come again, then I shall see you. "'If you have not vanished into the blue—' The artist went away then as quietly as Genshin could have wished. When he reached the stone steps he looked at his watch and hurried down out of sight. But all the way to the station, and many, many times before he saw her again, he thought smilingly of Genshin and her talk of morning purple. But their voices must have disturbed the windboy after all, for he was stirring again. Genshin stayed still as still, still as the noon sunshine and the tulips, but it did no good. His eyes slowly opened. Then Genshin, to her great satisfaction, saw that those opening purple eyes were as clear as Asiel's had been, and as happy. But when they were wide open they clouded again, as though waking had made him remember the mask and all his troubles. Oh please, Genshin cried, "'Can't you keep it?' "'She meant, of course, the clear tranquility that sleep had given. "'The wind-boy at her words sat up quickly, surprised and glad to find her there. "'Where did you come from?' he asked, with his most radiant smile. "'From the beechwood up in the clear land. "'I came hunting you. "'I wanted to play with you.' "'Really?' "'But now it's noon. "'The village bells have rung, so I can't stay and play after all, but must run home "'to dinner.' Nan would be sorry if we were late her first day, perhaps. And I must go back to the clear land, too, said the wind boy. It is time for my work. Your work? Do you work? He laughed. Of course. And I can go on with that, even if they won't play with me, he added proudly. What do you do? Well, today I'm going to work at pulling weeds with the great artist in his tulip garden, just up there above this one. "'Does your great artist work in his own garden?' Jenchin asked, amazed. "'For why the owner of that tall house she had seen in the clear land, "'the house with its arches lost in the sky, "'should come down out of it to pull weeds in his own garden she did not see?' "'But the windboy was laughing at her surprise, though friendly. "'Of course he does! Why not?' Jenchin could not say why not. "'Does Aesiel work?' she asked instead why of course did you think she only played yes don't you work of course I do I help mother and I even mend sometimes though I'm not very good at that yet I help Kay weed the garden too and much more but I'm not a clear child at that the wind boy did a surprising thing he said I think you're nicer than a clear child I like you best and he bent and kissed her on the mouth then he laughed and backed away over the grass and down among the tulips. He was a little embarrassed, but he was not ashamed. gentian stood where he had left her, wide-eyed, surprised. "Goodbye," he called, and turned and ran right away over the tulips. He ran very fast, and soon began to climb the air, his purple wings spread wide. Almost at once he was lost to gentian's sight in the dazzling noon sunlight." Genshin was so taken by surprise and by happiness, too, that she stood still looking up into the sunlight for some time after he had gone. Unless a windboy has kissed you at noon in a tulip garden, you cannot know why Genshin stayed so still, wide-eyed, and thoughtful. All in a flash, she had learned about comradeship, the comradeship that may be between a human child and a clear child. But after a while, she remembered about the tulips, why, he had backed right down into them, and then turned and run through them. They must be trampled and crushed. She ran to look, but not one single tulip was even bent. They were all straight and lovely, but they were swaying slightly in a breeze that gentian could scarcely feel. She spoke to them gravely. Oh, he ran over you, she said. That is why you are so smiling and blowing. But he kissed me. Then she ran away down the grassy path to the stone steps, down those across a wide lawn yellow with jonquils, and away to the hedge which she crawled through. She remembered as she ran that it was Saturday, and Mother would be at home for dinner and the rest of the afternoon. Kay was there ahead of her, for he had remembered about Mother, too. He had heard the village bells ringing for noon, even while he played in the air with the clear children, and he had found the way back as quickly as he could. Mother was sitting on the step, and Kay was beside her, still a little breathless from his hurry. "'Such a day!' he was saying. "'And thank you, Mother, for these beautiful sandals.' "'Oh, see, mine too!' Jenshin cried as she threw herself down on the step at her mother's knee. "'Yes, they are very nice sandals.' And they look strong enough to last all summer, Detra said. Nan did very well. But the children hardly heard her words, for they were staring in sad amaze at their feet. Where were Gentian's silver-pictured sandals? And where were Kay's golden ones? These things on their feet were just strong, sensible leather, the kind of sandals all the children in the village were wearing this spring. Where? How? NAN HAD JUST COME TO THE DOOR TO SAY THAT DINNER WAS READY, AND SHE SAW THE CHILDREN'S SORRY FACES. OH, DON'T BE TROUBLED, SHE COMFORTED. THEY ARE THE VERY SAME SANDALS WE GOT, TRULY. ONLY YOU SEE IN THE STORE YOU WERE LOOKING AT THEM IN THE CLEAR LIGHT. NOW IT IS earthlight. WHEN YOU GO BACK INTO THE CLEAR LIGHT, YOU WILL FIND THEY ARE NOT CHANGED A BIT. YOURS WILL BE SILVER THERE, gentian, AND YOURS GOLD, KAY. THE CHILDREN WERE GLAD AND RELIEVED. But Detra did not understand what it was all about. She thought it must be some game. The three had been playing together, however, and did not ask questions. "'Were they magic sandals?' you ask. "'Not a bit of it. For one thing, I do not believe in magic, and so you will not find any in my story.' It was really very simple. Think about it for yourself. Why need a thing in clear light look at all the same as it looks in the denser light of the sun?' It would be more like magic if it did, I should say. The children, of course, were full of their adventures in the clear land. Oh, you ought to have stayed, gentian Kay cried when they were at the table and eating Nan's good wheaten cakes and crisp lettuce and vegetable salad. I was it, finally. And where do you suppose that the little blue girl hid? Eziel, you mean, asked Genshin, glad to know her name. She was in the top of the tallest beach when I left her. Oh, yes, she was found there and didn't get her goal because she couldn't run down the air, but had to climb all the way down through the branches. But when I was it later, I saw her run right into the artist's house to hide. She was late in finding a place, and I had done all the counting and opened my eyes, and there she was, whisking in at the great front door. We were playing around the house then. I hope you didn't follow her, Detra said a little anxiously for she thought they must be talking about some game of hide-and-seek with the village children. But I did. I ran right after her before I had time to think, and found her way up many, many flights of stairs hiding behind the artist's easel. There was a big picture on it that quite hit her. I beat her to the door and down the stairs and would have got her goal, but I tripped over a rug at the foot of the very last one. She jumped right over me laughing and got there first. But Detra, their mother, was aghast. "'Kay, how could you?' Then how Kay and Jenshin laughed. "'Oh, not that artist, Mother. I mean the great artist, the one who lives in the air.' Detra sighed relief. She was sure now that the children were just talking about imaginary adventures, so she showed no surprise when Nan, who had come in with some fresh cakes and heard Kay's story, now said— The artist, they mean, is very different from your artist over the hedge there. No one need be afraid of him. Children are as free to run in and out of his house as the air is free to blow in and out. And Detra smiled up at her, not understanding a bit, but glad that Nan was already such friends with the children.